Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Thomas arrives late. The disciples are huddled in a locked room, frightened of the authorities, and Jesus gives them a blessing of peace and the gift of the Spirit. Now, a brief side note about this gospel text, which could be its own sermon. Lots of harm has been done by distorting John's reference to the Jews, such as the description here of the disciples' fear of the Jews. The ongoing polemic in John's gospel against the Jews was originally part of an intra-Jewish conflict at a time when hard and fast schism between the followers of Jesus and other Jews had not yet hardened. We should avoid the mistake of anachronistically reading John's gospel as a timeless polemic against the Jewish people, a mistake made too often throughout Christian history. But back from the side note. Jesus has appeared to the disciples, but one disciple, Thomas, is not there. He has missed this incredible encounter. Told by the other disciples, we have seen the Lord, Thomas reacts with incredulity, insisting that unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. What seems incredible here to Thomas, incredible as in not to be believed, is not so much the resurrection of a physical body. After all, Thomas and the other disciples had witnessed Jesus call forth Lazarus from the tomb. What is more incredible is the upending of messianic expectations. Thomas and the other disciples had expected a leader who would liberate the Israelites from occupation, a leader who would call on angels to vindicate his cause. Yet those, were, that, yet those hopes were dashed with Jesus' shameful death on a cross. What type of Messiah is this whose victory comes through death? This type of Messiah is truly incredible. Like Thomas, we arrive late as well. The good news that Jesus' resurrection vindicates seems incredible to us as well. Throughout our lives, our hyper-capitalist society tells us explicitly and implicitly that we are only worthwhile to the extent that we produce and consume, that nothing comes free in life, that we must earn everything we receive. And while we can often sense the hollowness and deception of this message of meritocracy, this declaration that we only receive what we deserve is the water we swim in. The good news this Messiah preaches of workers who come to the vineyard at the 11th hour, getting paid the same as those who have labored from the first hour, is incredible, hard to believe. Surely all the hard work we've been putting in must count for something. Yet Jesus in John's gospel welcomes the late arriving Thomas along with us. The spirit Jesus imparts is for all, 
for saint and sinner, for sober and slothful, for those who jump quickly to belief and those gripped by doubts. Today, across the Orthodox world, Christians are celebrating Easter, even as those of us on the Western liturgical calendar already are already into the second Sunday of Eastertide. For centuries, part of the morning Easter service in Orthodox churches has included a reading of an ancient homily, a sermon by John Chrysostom, the golden-tongued preacher from Antioch who eventually became the Archbishop of Constantinople. In the late 4th or early 5th century, Chrysostom preached an Easter sermon that has endured over the centuries with its powerful vision of a table for all, a vision of rewards distributed to all, not based on illusory merit, but instead flowing from God's goodness, a vision of death and hell trampled down and annihilated by Jesus' victorious death and resurrection. This is incredible news. To be sure, it's incredible, as in hard to believe. We see all around us evidence of how broken and death-dealing the world is, and Jesus' crucifixion is yet more evidence of that. Yet the Easter proclamation that, the Christ, that Christ is risen is incredible good news, incredible as in wonderfully beyond our capacity to fully comprehend the joy-filled hope that this death, brokenness, and destruction that clings so closely to us in our individual, family, and corporate and communal lives are not the final word, but have already been overcome by God through Jesus. St. John Chrysostom pointed movingly to this incredible good news in his Easter homily, and there's a reason that Orthodox Christians return to it year after year. So we'll shift now from my fractured thoughts to Chrysostom's homily, a proclamation of the good news that through Jesus' resurrection, death has been trampled down, that the table of God's feast remains open to all, and that no one arrives too late for God's love. The Easter homily of St. John Chrysostom. Is there anyone who is a devout lover of God? Let them enjoy this bright, beautiful festival. Is there anyone who is a grateful servant? Let them rejoice and enter into the joy of their Lord. Are there any weary with fasting? Let them now receive their wages. If they have toiled from the first hour, let them receive their due reward. If any have come after the third hour, let her with gratitude join in the feast. And the one that arrived after the sixth hour, let him not doubt, for he too shall sustain no loss. And if any delayed until the ninth hour, let her not hesitate, but let her come too. And let them who arrived only at the eleventh hour, let them not be afraid by reason of their delay. For the Lord is gracious and receives the last, even as the first. He gives rest to them that come at the eleventh hour, as well as to them that toiled from the first. 
To this one he gives, and upon another he bestows. He accepts the works as he greets the endeavor, the deed he honors, and the intention he commends. Let us all enter into the joy of the Lord. First and last alike, receive your reward. Rich and poor, rejoice together. Sober and slothful, celebrate the day. You that have kept the fast, and you that have not, Rejoice today, for the table is richly laden. Feast royally on it. The calf is a fatted one. Let no one go away hungry. Partake all of the cup of faith. Enjoy all the riches of his goodness. Let none of us grieve at our poverty, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let none of us mourn that we have fallen again and again, for forgiveness has risen from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the death of our Savior has set us free. Jesus has destroyed it by enduring it. He destroyed Hades when he descended into it. He put it into an uproar even as it tasted of his flesh. Isaiah foretold this when he said, You, O hell, have been troubled by encountering him below. Hell was in an uproar because it was done away with. It was in an uproar because it is mocked. It, was, it is in an uproar for it is destroyed. It is in an uproar for it is annihilated. It is in an uproar for it is now made captive. Hell took a body and discovered God. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took what it saw and was overcome by what it did not see. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, Hades, where is thy victory? Christ is risen, and you, O death, are annihilated. Christ is risen, and the evil ones are cast down. Christ is risen, and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen, and life is liberated. Christ is risen, and the tomb is emptied of its dead. For Christ, having risen from the dead, is become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen.